and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I uh, were aspiring writers, but we encountered a problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to solve this, this problem while also not writing ourselves, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Uh, then we come on the podcast, we read one of y'all's stories, and then we talk about uh, the rest of the story submitted by listeners. Mm-hmm, 100%, all caps, no facts. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media, media production. production. No facts? No facts involved? No facts, all caps. Um, I wanted to say, uh, while everyone's listening, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing this. I hope everyone else does too. I'm gonna stop saying masks, and I'm gonna just say mask. Mask will be the plural of mask from now on, uh, according to me, and, uh, any reasonable person, um, that listens to this, because masks, terrible. Awful. (laughs) It's a lot, yeah. It's just like a, it's just like a extra sound that we don't need but i hate it but at the same time it's kind of funny how like like that like little tss is the most annoying thing that could possibly come from anyone's mouth i'm um, uh banning it if i had the power to like alter everyone's biology after doing all the things of you know actually like uh making people healthier and stuff the next thing mm-hmm. i would do would be to uh alter our biology so we just can't make our tongues move in that that fashion anymore so mm-hmm. um just well, a heads well, up if that does happen if you suddenly can't say masks uh well that that's good because um that means that you won't have any heart problems anymore you're welcome but when like done. but like wouldn't that also like um keep us from being able to say scissors or no like... that's a different sound no it's a very specific motion that i'm banning and I wonder, like, does does that sound go into into any other word, or is it just masks? It does. It does I a mean, couple other words, but not many. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the um the the audio is fine. It's definitely hurting my my left ear. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, that is a further motivation yeah. not to do well, it. Also, yeah. speaking mm-hmm. of audio, if I do sound strange, it's because I'm currently re- recording in my grandmother's closet. Oh. Um, you must be the only boiling place in, in there. Yeah. No, no, it's it's okay. really cool because um, I decided to like actually try and uh, open up a vent, and now this is the coldest room in the entire oh, house. Oh, that's nice. Uh-huh, that's that's pretty amazing. Good. In fact, my feet are freezing. Um, but yeah, if I sound weird, it's because I'm covered with uh, a whole bunch of clothes from nineteen. Well, th- then it should actually sound um, better because uh, clothes are sound absorbing. I'm probably going to start recording in my closet once I get some more clothes in there. So. And maybe mm, something yeah. to make it not boiling. We'll see. Yeah, but I'm currently sitting down on the uh, carpet. I am next to a mini fridge that's partially broken. I have mm-hmm. my coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, my legs are falling mm-hmm. uh, asleep, but I'm mm-hmm. ready to sit down here for two hours and uh, talk about doing the right thing. We should you start wonderful, wonderful an audio listeners. play, um, but it's just, just us like sitting down uh, and like hanging out. You know, but it's but it's an audio yes. play. It's it's when we've got oh. blocking. So, so it's so it's like waiting. So it's like waiting for Godot, uh, but through the lens of a podcast. It's just it's just sitting down and hanging out. Um, except instead of um, you know not having background noise, we in post production with foley work, right? We add in sounds mm-hmm. like rustling clothes. And uh, moving around the microphone, but that that is all simulated because you know we're professionals. We wouldn't do that during the actual recording, right? So yeah. uh, that is added uh, post production just to add like a, a feeling of uh, presence and and you know reality within the the room. So um, that's my next project starting next episode. If you hear anything in the background, it is intentional. I recorded that separately from the actual normal podcast, and then I put it in just so you would feel more at home. You're welcome. Okay, yeah. Honestly, I uh, really like that. I think most podcasts need a lot more sounds, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. snaps and... Um, the dogs in the background. You know, like, yeah. And Maybe then, some like, muffled music. Music cues. Yeah. Yes. Through the that, walls. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Planes flying mm-hmm. overhead. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> 
gunshots out <laughs> outside if you're in a Those bad are fireworks. They're fireworks if you're in a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's it's somehow the exact same sound. It's it just is. whatever you think it is. Oh, yeah. um, I once was terrified because well, not terrified. I I thought I heard gunshots. Mortified in my my fancy fancy neighborhood, and they just huh. kept going, right? And I was like, because it, it's pure day. There's no, there's certainly no fireworks at, at on that particular day. Yeah. And I just couldn't was figure out where the hell. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. All right, it wasn't fireworks. It was not bullets. It was one of the neighbors, uh, they were in the pool, and they had big pool noodles, and they were slapping them on the water, and it was really, mm-hmm. really, really, really loud, where I heard it, like, <laughs> several rooms away from any windows, and it sounded like gunshots. Like, it was just, like, wow. the crack noise, you know? It was weird. So, um, oh. I guess that's a, that's a tip. If y'all ever want to, like, I don't know, maybe for, like, a heist or something, scare, you're trying to... Yeah, and you want to scare your neighbors. Yeah, or you, you need another reason to, to simulate, you know, maybe as for, a, like, a distraction, you know, that's, like, deniable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you could just use pool noodles on pool water. So, the that's more you know. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, at a lot of uh, fireworks shops, they uh, sell these, like, little... Basically, they're like tiny sticks of uh, dynamite <laughs> named tor- torpedoes. Okay. And... Setting one of those off literally sounds like a bomb has been dropped. Hell yeah. So so if you got like a handful of them and then threw them at someone, they will run in fear. That sounds like a plan. Um, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get into the actual uh, show that we do where where we talk about writing and stuff. Does sound, that sound like a, yeah, sound yeah, like yeah. a plan? All right. Let's go. That sounds um, great. What yeah. are the words this week? Mm-hmm. So the words for this week were... Bear, sheep, up, and exempt. Uh, that's right. And um, this month we were talking about punctuation, so I'm excited to uh, look at the stories through that lens. Um, let's get into the story. Whose story is this week? This week we are going to be reading a story by Flower Priest named Family Dinner. Um, yeah, it sounds, sounds totally lovely and with no conflict whatsoever. Um, None whatsoever. Alright, I'm gonna get into it. You bastards! You said you were done! Caesar exclaimed. William and Joan looked at him with dismissive disinterest and returned to their meal. The young man seated in the chair seemed to briefly register Caesar's presence and moaned softly. Please help me. He was quickly silenced by William's fangs, penetrating his bare and bruised neck. Joanne, for her part, worked on the man's left wrist, taking care not to stain her nightgown with blood. Unbelievable, Caesar grumbled. He went to sit by the fireplace and made sure that his every movement conveyed his displeasure. Over the mantel, their demon familiar was sleeping placidly until Caesar's outburst. The creature stretched and yawned before settling on Caesar's lap. "'What's the matter, master?' it asked. The young man gave another muffled cry while William went up for air. "'These idiots,' Caesar said while stroking the small demon's soft fur, "'told me they were done for the night, and that I should help myself to one of the old servants while they slept. "'And then I come back to see my favorite type of sheep all served up for their enjoyment.' Bastards. The demon laid his muzzle on Caesar's cold lap and sighed. This argument again. It knew it shouldn't pick sides between the siblings, but they insisted on repeating the same boring dramas again and again. Maybe you should join them, master. They wouldn't dare to say no. Ha! They would like that. Pretend nothing was wrong, but in the next circle meeting make japes about poor Caesar's gluttony and how they struggle to contain my bad habits. You'll see. The demon knew the story. Caesar was very insecure about his eating habits since the massacre in Rhodes. It wasn't anything to be ashamed of, really. But his more controlled siblings sometimes liked to poke at his weakness to show dominance. It was also underhanded and boring, and it made the demon miss the endless blood wars of his home dimension. Now that was real action. 
The man in the chair finally expired his last breath, his skin as pale as marble. William and Joanne retired to the rooms, and the butler dutifully went to dispose of the leftovers. Caesar watched the servants work on carrying the body and seemed to come to a decision. Wait! The servants froze like clocks at midnight. Where did my siblings find this one? In the Milan Seminary, my lord, the butler supplied promptly. They were initiating a new class, and this gentleman was drinking with some classmates at the bar downtown. Are they still there? The classmates? I couldn't say, my lord, but priests in training often visit Madame Ruby's establishment at this time. Caesar rose from his seat and instructed the demon to follow him. They left the castle a few hours before dawn. Where are we going, master? The demon inquired. But it felt it knew the answer. Why, to visit Ruby, of course. Someone must in inform the poor souls that their friend has tragically passed. Maybe one of them will alert their superior, who will think to call hunters. The fog parted, and Caesar's eyes were illuminated by the residing moon. Yes, we will see how William and Joan feel when they wake up to a crossbow sight tomorrow. I wonder if they will still make japes. The demon followed its master through the dark night, now in a much better mood. Finally, something interesting to pass the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really dig this this story. Um, I, I do love how it starts off going 100%. You know, it starts right in the middle of this sort of back and forth art, uh, this back and forth argument. Um, and we and we're really able to understand Caesar here and just, we go into the, uh, not only in, into the family makeup, but also getting hints that, you know, they're part of this sort of like otherworldly place. Um, so yeah, overall, I just, I really dug it. I think it's a really strong story that, uh, the dialogue perfectly colors not only these these characters but the but the world and we get a good sense of like what sort of conventions they are uh, working under so yeah i just really like this this story through and through yeah um what i think is interesting here is the uh we open here with that exclamation you bastards you said you were done um of course like yeah. uh, opening in the middle of, of an argument sort of um in media res but what i like about it is that we're actually in the demon's pr perspective right as we uh, we realize that uh -huh. later after it's introduced but we don't actually hear about the demon for several paragraphs but if you think back on it right the demon um the demon familiar was sleeping placidly until caesar's outburst which is exactly when the story starts so i think that's a a nice touch mm. of putting in that perspective even though we don't actually get introduced to it we can make that connection of um whose head we're in and it still um makes sense in this context yeah definitely and yeah i mean going going further on that uh on the usage of this per perspective um i think it really does aid in <clears throat> uh the reasoning as as to why we are sort of getting tid tidbits of what what's happening around this not just one argument right um and yeah i just think it's uh it's really good to use uh per perspectives that aren't focused on the main character because you get a deeper understanding of that character based off how they act and how they react like i I really do like I like the moment where the guards just sort of freeze right uh, as soon as uh, Caesar says something showing that he holds like power here mm -hmm. you know and I think like this this whole story is really riddled with those um smaller moments that are really pulling their um weights very very much so um and I do enjoy towards towards the end how we are getting a a sense of like okay so this is so this is so this is what what's happening where is it going and it does leave off of this subtle cliffhanger that is like hinting towards of course there's more to uh, there's more to come um but what is accomplished here is really strong like coming in swinging getting down these uh characters getting down this uh this like world building and just you know giving us a really solid piece that um 
is very similar to uh, other pieces, but does have its own personality through and through. Yeah, um, regarding the ending, um, I think this is a good place where you end the story that, like, with the audience um, wanting more. But we can, you know, we can fill in the rest, right? We can have yeah. uh, our imagination play with it, right? And we don't have to see, you know, um, Caesar going and talking to uh, these uh setting all that up um with these priests and everything you, you don't have to show that because we can picture what that looks like we can picture some of the results and how um what a, how fun it would be to to sort of watch that sort of thing and we can also imagine how it goes wrong like i like how um throughout this we have sort of the uh caesar's arrogance go through right um, come through and mm-hmm. how he's commanding everyone and, and thinking about everyone and how the the familiar has like seen all this play over and over again and how um maybe he's overconfident right the the way i'm picturing is that these hunters get called for this this petty stupid thing and then maybe actually they do get murdered uh or they get um, <laughs> hunted and um yeah i thought that would that was fun um mm-hmm and I think definitely like uh, this uh, character's name being Caesar does even play mo- does even even play into that. Mm-hmm. Um, God was that uh, does even play into that uh, into that arrogance even more so, you know? Because of course, with with certain names, we come to expect mm-hmm. certain things. I mean, we all know the story of Caesar getting stabbed twenty one times and, <laughs> and to Brute, and you know, you know, all, uh-huh. all of that. Um, so I think like using that within this uh, this context definitely just gives this this character already um, inherent assumptions um, about them as as we go in to where a lot of that work doesn't need to be done within this story, which I think mm-hmm. was really smart to uh, start off that way. Yeah, yeah. It's not like uh, using the historical figure directly, but just the connotations around the the word. And of course, there's other ways to to play with that, um, rather than um, like one way is this, which is to bring those in. And of course, there's a lot of names that aren't even associated with particular people, just like you know feelings around the names, just make off of their sounds or uh, amalgamations mm-hmm. of characters. But you can you know play it the the other direction, right? Um, you know, if I were to write a character named Elizabeth, and then she's like a barbarian, double axe wielding. Uh, demon slaughtering uh, yeah. warrior, it would certainly you know be a bit of irony in that, and um, be yeah. a fun play on so, that. So you know you can you can either you can either lean in into it or you can do the exact opposite. I just uh, I just know using that that tool does sort of bring forward a another a, a uh, another layer that the um, audience has to really work uh, work with. You know, yeah, I it's think just that's like, like a big thing with this whole story. Mm-hmm. It's just like working with um, with tropes where uh, they're tools mm-hmm, exactly. with a bunch of other assumptions that people um, come into them. And with that knowledge of what the the audience knows, um, you can decide where to go with that and um, have these shortcuts. Like we don't have to be told they're vampires here, right? It's pretty obvious um, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty much immediately from just, well, I mean, okay, we have a meal and then this guy's dying, right? Um, Mm -hmm. but also the, uh, sort of dismissive disinterest, I think is also a pretty big factor of coloring what kind of vampires these are. And so it's interesting how many like little touches, um, someone can put in and how easy, um, or how much each of those little touches can, can do to paint the whole picture. Like I didn't have to get told that they're inside like a a big mansion or castle, but like, obviously they are right. It's assumed. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Between the, um, between them being vampires and then the servants, you don't need any more information than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think that's just definitely having the story being quite, quite focused, you know, because I I could see how this story could so easily just, just pull back the uh, the uh, camera. And it's like, oh, we're in Transylvania. Ooh, mm-hmm. dark and spooky, dark and spooky night. But but no, it really stays like uh, in camera, you know, mm-hmm. it stays very grounded and follows um, Caesar. So yeah, I think that this story is uh, very well accomplished. Um, so thank you very much f- uh, f- to Flower Priest for bringing forth another great story. 
Yeah, um, really appreciate it. One last thing I think is interesting. Um, even though like the characters' appearances weren't described, I never, I didn't feel that that was a problem. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Like I, I didn't need to know what kind of <laughs> creature this demon familiar looks like. Um, I think with with the vampires, it was just they're vampires, right? With that knowledge alone, you can kind of just get the rest of the image of them. Same thing with like butlers yeah. and whatnot. So it's like maybe with some of these things, when you just know what category of person they are, that's enough to put enough together. And so long as there's nothing yeah. contradicting those natural assumptions, then um, then it works out okay. So I think that's interesting as a, as a tool. I'll have to keep that in mind when I write a story um, that, they, yeah, they don't have to be described necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, really, that's something that I haven't really honestly thought too, too much in, you know, using not only tropes but also using settings and um situations to fill in the the blanks when it comes to other to other um aspects of your uh, story you know i mean like uh i assume they're in a mansion not only based off of, off of how they are speaking but also them having butlers i mm-hmm. assumed exactly what they looked like based off of them being being vampires and and having a uh a demon uh, familiar, which I assumed that the demon was a cat, but that's only because mm. I've seen a lot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I was picturing just a little, a little small monster. Um, mm-hmm. Probably, but you know, pr- probably that, uh, that too. I mean, cats yeah. are small monsters. So. That is very, very true. So, um, but yeah, all right, let's get into the rest of the, the listener submitted stories. Of course, of course. So, the best section of Do the Right Thing is right now. Uh, the stories we are going to be talking about uh, are by uh, Blarry345 and Jarby Jass. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're recording and... actually a day ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. um, those stories that are submitted on the today and the actual um, date of Duness, <laughs> which a lot of people <laughs> I know submit then, um, we're going to record a bit that bit uh later and put this in so um but yeah let's talk about these two stories that were submitted um early yeah sure sure so we're gonna start with blarry 345 with buying giant rat tails Mm. yeah very relatable (laughs) anyway uh the the title of this is actually the uh title of a job posting like a fantasy job posting Mm -hmm. which we immediately recognize just from buying giant rat tails turn in this quest at this location right uh, we have these two characters uh victor and jonah and they're sort of weighing what job to take um they really don't like the idea of having to hunt giant rats because uh, it's gross they could get infections and um it doesn't pay very much so they look at some other ones um and, and the job board also has just random posts i like the the touch of um granny may's total mouth care charm which uh, is a charm that kills teeth and then it says that they ignore the wild claims looking for something to earn them some money so like there's no dentistry back in this time and so the last one is um that uh there's some beasts in the woods and um people are wanting to pay to for some people to go hunt them down right and so victor and jonah say that they're gonna go do that even though who knows what's gonna happen out there because some people have disappeared because of this beast, but they're adventurers, so they have to take a risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh, just really like this um, situation. It feels like one that I don't really see that that often of uh, these main characters not being in the midst of a quest, but looking for for one. And I think that um, this little moment was not only able to uh, give you some some nice bits of color to to this world, but also we are getting a a good amount with these uh, characters. They're sort of playful back and forth, um, which I uh, which I really did uh, did like. Um, and I do enjoy the the idea of like all of these like hugely different quests being on like I guess these the same quest board or uh, or something. And uh, I don't know. It just it gives me a very warm feeling, and you know, it sort of makes me think on all of the numerous um, RPGs I have played with, like those those meaningless side a side quest that uh, mm-hmm. you would get in the be- beginning, right 
be before you uh, go up against like the the first boss. You know, so yeah, a, a really solid story. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, I'm gonna put this canonically as having in sort of online. I've just decided that. Ooh, Sao, yes, yes. Except wait, wait, wait okay, okay. But is is this is this like base? Sao or is oh, it? God, when they I don't went want. To... I was. I just wanted. To, I. I don't actually want to think about Sword Art Online. I. I don't. I was. This is a joke. I don't want to. <laughs> Why don't you want to think about one of the best animes ever Stop. made? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh no. I'm okay. I'm gonna move on. Uh, thank you for submitting your story, <laughs> Barry three four five. I really appreciate it. And I like um yeah playing with uh with these tropes and things. Um I feel like um. Probably, I think this was played fairly straight, um, and yeah. so uh, I'll consider, you know, turning on its head or something um, so when you're playing with a trope like this. And that said, playing it straight is also totally a valid option. Um, also, Blog345 says that uh, they tried writing this in Google Docs and transferring it over to Reddit totally messed it up. That makes sense considering that yes, it the does. It job does. posts are the separate formatting. I would say that writing Google Docs and, and translating it over... If it's just like normal paragraphs, works totally fine. If you're trying to do anything fancier, bringing it to Reddit is terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But if it's just like all the extended formatting is like paragraphs, bullets, um, not even bullets actually. Don't don't do bullets, but bolding and italics, then it works. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, who is the next story? Yeah. So the next story we will be talking about is is by Jarby Jazz with the ninth entry in their uh, most current series uh, and the title of this one is how to how to get away with not murder mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a um, nice little reference <laughs> yeah I haven't seen that show is it good uh the the beginning's really good but it does the um, same thing that like every TV drama does and that it just keeps going mm. and going. And going, and then it loses focus, and then uh, characters leave, and it, it, the the ending was extremely unsatisfying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the ghost arc, you know, and they have to deal with, mm-hmm. with that. And then the alien yeah, abduction like, oh, part. And this, how, yeah. how, how do you kill a ghost? Ah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my least favorite part of uh, Dexter, so... Anyway... <laughs> Wait, was that an art of... The- no, I, I was, I've I'm never seen it. Okay. You know um, what? Anyway. I I completely believed you. I have only seen two episodes of. Dexter. No, I was I was actually referencing Hannibal. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Bates Motel. I'm just saying things now. Okay. Bates um, Motel. This story, yes. uh, continuing off of the story about the flesh crafters and such, and this time it's from the perspective of that woman that uh, cap the captain just killed, and um, SD was was shocked when she came back to life. And so we see this other perspective of what actually happened, that she didn't actually full-on die, but she is using necromantic, necromantic energies to bring her back, herself back, and um, that she was, like, lying a little bit, that um, uh, it just worked a, a bit different from the way that SD was connecting things, and um, mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit darker than how she made it come off, but not that bad either. Um, this one seems, like, a little bit uh, not full of herself, but quite confident even though she almost got murdered um and she sort of uh thinks of herself i think uh, as smarter than both the captain and sd because she sort of feels like sd is sort of like fumbling around for for a conversation um like she's trying to make introductions and uh mirand who is the the perspective says that it's like quaint in her head um and it uh, goes forward and so we we've pretty much catch up to where we were in the last scene and this time we sort of get that um moran is a little bit more in control than we thought um but also a little bit more at risk because she is glamoring uh the captain and that might fall apart mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i really did uh like this change of per perspective it's giving us a totally different 
a way to view this this scene, um, especially since um, all of the other scene or, or all of the other entries that uh, came be uh, before this was in our main uh, character's head, and um, yeah, uh, both of them, right? So I think that this change in per perspective not not only uh, strengthens the um, the like world building further, but it's giving us a different voice and a different look at at these. Uh, at these characters, um, de- divorced from the relationship that our two uh, that our two main uh, characters have, so yeah, I think it's just a really nice uh, e- effective scene. Um, we are able to understand exactly like why she is resurrecting her, her herself and like what what goes goes into it. Also thinking about like well seeing what what she is thinking in this moment because uh previously we assume that that she's probably very very weak and uh fragile and um not really sure what is what is going to happen next but i but i do find it a uh nice sur- surprise to find out that she's a uh, scheming the whole time so yeah i just uh really dug this this moment and, and i think the next um that the next entry is uh, just going to be that much better because we get because we've gotten all of the perspectives on this scene so really mm-hmm. great job jarvie jazz yeah um jarvie jazz mentions that um responding to what we talked about last time about like retconning and such um, that uh, they want to write their way out of this and see this as sort of a challenge. And that is more than valid. I didn't mean to say, like, you should do that with this one. But just to mention that the the, the option is there, that if you do want to retcon something um, because you just wish that something was written different in the past, you totally can. Because I know that um, that's something that when I was writing, like, longer pieces that I would sort of get stuck on, I would have, like... Something like later on in my uh, chapters, I would realize, oh, I really should have done this before. And then I would still like struggle with like trying to twist what I did before into what I want now when I could just like write what I want now, now, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to go back and edit eventually anyway. So, um, but uh, all, having the challenge of writing yourself out of uh, the stuff that you've written before is totally valid and it's probably a great skill to learn so i totally approve nice nice okay we're back uh this is the the, the next day but we have two more mm-hmm. stories day to read. two uh, um yeah day two of recording this we should record um uh episode do the right thing over the course of several months i think that would be really good content i think yeah yeah we we do like five minutes each each day maybe we could even um, less we could just do like a sentence each day Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know our busy schedules are so jam packed to where like doing anything longer than like three three seconds of um speaking is just uh, yeah, too it's much. a little too much to fit in the schedule. I think what we could do actually, we could just like record on our phones like a little message and just send it to each other and have a conversation yes. slow mo that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. I I actually really enjoy that, and I think our audience will like that even more. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, what's what's the, the next word reading? Yeah, so the next story is by Glittering Coast with Lucas and the Knife. An, a, a nice little mobster story. Yeah, so um, there is a, a mobster. His name is Lucas Nicoletti, which is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently gave a uh, cover identity to a Max the Knife Lowry. Um He's working, or he's just about to close up his uh, Italian restaurant, um, which I suppose is like kind of like a, a front of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, when this guy charges in, saying um, that he's going to kill Nicoletti, he has his gun, and he's like sort of very clearly in a high emotional state, and says that he was paid by Max the Knife Lowry to, to kill Nicoletti. Nicoletti shows how much power he has with a bunch of guys pointing guns at him. And um, basically says, you're, you're screwed, you're either going to die, or I can pay you double whatever the knife is paying, and you go back and, and kill the knife. Um, and the guy takes it, and at the very end, um, uh, is responding to Nick Letty with, yes, sir, even though he came in there to, to kill him. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is a really fun story. Uh, I love all of the mobster vibes, and you really do capture that tone. Uh, not only in the description in this place or the or, or the show of, of power that uh, Lucas does, but just in the dialogue in uh, general. It's very quick, it's snappy, but it's also like very um, aggressive and uh, threatening. So I think that, that that's a really nice balance that you struck. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I, I do really enjoy this scene. This is a scene that we've seen in a lot of movies and I think is really pulled off here very, very well. Um, I love the moment where the assassin comes in super strong saying like, hey, if you don't do A, a B and C, I'm, I'm going to kill you up until he, he sees the uh, 12 goons that are be behind him. I think that's just like a, a really fun moment. Um, but yeah, I think that overall, like this, this, uh, si this uh, situation is, is really nice to, to read. The, uh, the characters are pretty strong and I'm very thankful that you, uh, sent this in. I think this is a really good story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, if there is a little bit that I, I think needed just a little bit more was, um, I didn't quite understand what was going on in the beginning. And I'm guessing that's kind of like, uh, Glidden Coast kind of figuring out what the story is before yeah. having this whole scene, but I wasn't quite sure what it meant for uh, this cover identity to not work out. Um, so just a little bit more clarification of like, what is that situation? But that said, it was certainly functional enough to understand the um, meat of the story, which was the, the interesting bit with the turnabout and everything. So. Yeah. And, and I think really <clears throat> the, the beginning was like setting the, the scene also, <clears throat> I guess, sort of trying to, imply like how this deal went went bad between him and and the the knife but yeah i think that the the beginning should be super relevant to what the meat of the story is and i think it is good that you have a sort of like slow lead-in i i do like those um but yeah just just making it as relevant as possible and and cutting things that might be just a bit uh, a bit extra can really um elevate the story mm -hmm. or um not necessarily having to cut all that stuff, but just uh, fixing it so that we fully understand the um, the the context for what follows. But all right, what's the next exactly. story? Yeah, so the final story we will be talking about this week is by Matt Said Words with the upset. Um, this is a really really good story. So this has uh, announcers um, narrating um, an Olympic win um, with the seventeen year old from Honolulu. Uh, beats all of the other swimmers um, in this race, um, makes it, gets that gold medal, and it's it's clearly this um, huge moment of accomplishment. And it, this narration goes through like different people's different feelings, like the audience, um, at what she looks like, and how the audience is relating to her expression on her face, um, and how yeah, this is a huge thing. Seventeen year old beating all the other great swimmers, mm -hmm. we and. Um, <clears throat> She's get, she gets her medal, she stands on uh, the pedestal getting um, while the anthem plays, and then we zoom into her perspective just for a moment, and then just get hit with what she's actually thinking that I've peaked, um, which is just mm. such a great reveal because it just plummets us down of like, oh shit, that is a, a horrible feeling to have, to suddenly be like, there's nowhere to, to go from here, pretty much, except to like disappoint people. Um, and that's kind of uh, the position she's in. And at the very end, we have this really, really great um, line. Um, she smiled without her eyes and quickly stepped from the podium, unsure about the weight hanging, hanging around her neck just now, which I thought was was brilliant. What a what a great double meaning. Yeah, and I mean this. Yeah, uh, as I always say, this is really strong. I mean, uh, I love the how we just start with this uh, dialogue that's that from the uh, announcer that's just perfectly showing us w what is happening without actually showing us to where we're sort of in inferring a, a um, whole bunch of stuff but it is telling us that this is the Olympic swimming and, and that this uh, this girl did did win so I thought that was a really nice lead in um, and I really do love how quickly this turns into a sort of intro uh, how it turns into an introspective journey really and we get a really strong sense of like how she has sacrificed so much and she has finally made it but it's that sort of bittersweet moment more more bitter really that now that that she's now that she's made it now that she's accomplished the goal um it's only downhill from here which is such a, like a really real 
and grounding moment that uh, we were able to really watch. Um, and I do love how how in the background of the uh, national anthem being played, we just get to understand where this character sits even more so. And we get like and we really feel it, too. We 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 understand like. Well, if you've already done it, if you've done the the thing, nothing else can measure up, you know, and I don't know. I just think that this story does a really great job of um, not getting caught up in the sort of glitz of actually winning it, but more so of how winning this at such a young age can affect you and set up the sort of expectations for the rest of your life so yeah i just think that this is a really great story it's something that i never really thought of um uh but yeah i just really loved reading this through and through um one thing i i did enjoy a lot was the uh water metaphor that gets um put in at the end and obviously you know this is swimming so it's very thematic but i think it was pulled yeah. in um I, I don't fairly subtly it's probably uh not correct but like it doesn't say, oh, she's a swimmer in a pool and she's swimming. It starts with talking about a vast ocean, um, and we describe that. And so it's not exactly reminiscent of a pool before we finally talk about how um, that uh, she's swimming through this. And of course, that makes sense, her being a swimmer, um, without it being too like on the nose of it, you know, being a pool, like a just just an echoing of the actual reality of the situation. It's it's brought into me- metaphor enough to, um, I think work really well so so i think this is a it's a great story all right um what's next um well uh, that is all of the stories that we have for this week but we do want to say a big old thank you to everyone who did submit a story so thank you very much to matt said words uh thank you to glittering coast thank you blarry 345 and thank you jarby jazz and of course, thank you, Flower Flower Pete Priest. I know we uh, read your uh, your story live, but thank you so much for uh, submitting it. And we would also like, like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story but under someone else's uh, can not only put all of your own ideas out there for everyone to see, to see, but you're providing someone with feedback, which is a key part in being a writer and growing as a writer. So, thank you very much too. Jarby Jazz and, and Blarry345, thank you so much for leaving comments. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do The Right Thing, you can do that by going to Reddit, that's slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. To see the words as soon as they come out, the best way to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast and turn on notifications um, so you see the prompts as soon as they come out. Um, you can also uh, send us an email at rightthingcast at gmail.com if you're supposed to say hi, you can say what you've been working on. Actually, on that, um, as I mentioned uh, last week in a little insert, I think, I hope I actually did that, um, there is a new post on the subreddit uh, that is um, to post what you've been working on. Uh, because some people on the Discord mentioned that they had stuff they were working on, they weren't sure where to post it. Now we have a place. It's pinned at the top of the subreddit, so... If it doesn't have to be do the right thing related, but um, like if you wrote a do the right thing story and you went back and edited it and you're like, I want to share this, but I don't want to wait till the next do the edit thing because we kind of take forever for those, um, mm-hmm. you can post it there. Um, or if you've just been writing your own story completely unrelated, uh, also post it there. Um, and so we can talk about it and uh, comment on each other. I know Laurie345 actually um, put a story there, so I'm excited to actually go and read that. Um, myself and um, uh, we I also want to mention that uh, we're gonna open it also that so we'll, we'll post a new one of these threads every month um, so there'll be a new one starting uh, next week but we will also we'll pull stories for a certain week to like read um, rather than just the ones that are posted every week, just so that we have a, a bigger variety to, to choose from. And because y'all have some really, really good stories, and um, I felt it was unfair to pick, like, stories that have been clearly, like, uh, edited a lot uh, more than others, because it's like, these are better, but because some people are viewing the challenge differently, you know? Mm-hmm, and so yeah. when it's a more open like that, I think... Um, to me, it just feels a little bit more fair because it's like everyone is on the same page about 
how the stories are getting selected and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I got on that. <laughs> exactly. And if you want to support us and everyone else in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $5 or more per month to be able to vote in everything upcoming in Doof. And Doof. And at the $10 level, you'll get exclusive access to bonus content, including uh, the latest episode of Doof Over and everything else. That is bonus. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other great bonus content. Uh, there's The High Ground, which is a, a great, hilarious show with um, Elliot uh, Rubin and... I always forget Elliot's sister. I think I'm uh, talking about some bad movies, and it's it's great. Some of the episodes are actually on uh, for free. I forget where we posted them. I think they might be on the Doofcast. Um, they're at the very least on YouTube for sure. They're on the the Doof Media YouTube channel, absolutely. Um, and it's hilarious. There's a lot of other ones. There's extra levels of the Tower. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think there is a Scott and Elise one yet, but if there is, it would be great. Um, I think. Um, there's also, it's not bonus content, but the new members of Doof Media, um, doing uh, Pale in Comparison also now have episodes where, uh, their mom, um, reads Pact and reacts to it in her perspective as an older woman, um, reading a story about, you know, what Pact is, <laughs> which is a very particular genre. Um, it's really, it's really interesting. So. Uh, those are really, really good. Um, and of course, there's always so much else going on at Doof Media. Um, the Doof Book Club is this month, which is the um, A Long Way to an Angry Planet, or some, a small angry planet, I believe. So I'm excited to at least tune into the very beginning of that so I actually know what the heck that book is. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, well, all right. I think it's time to roll on into next week's words, don't you think? Uh, that's right. I do think. I do do that. But right now, I think I'm so doing I am. Think. Yeah, I think so I am. That's exactly... I say that every week. Mm-hmm. So, the words for next week are cancel, hill, experience, and condition. Okay, it's interesting. Um, so, you know what? I'm not going to say the probably immediate word associate association for cancel. I'm just not going to do it. But um, <laughs> shows can get canceled when, uh, or the definition of cancel, which is um, when... Uh, to, to stop? something. Yeah, it's to, to force something to stop um, that, is, that is ongoing. Um, usually it is like on like it's by a third party right you cancel someone else uh making something right you it's you don't really cancel your own movement very much um, unless if it's like through a vehicle right um through an intermediary um so shows can get canceled they can get stopped you can cancel movement out you can um in math i often say that uh things cancel out out, like pemdos right Mm -hmm. um and yeah (laughs) The next one, hill, um, which is a uh, tall uh, mound of dirt between. Um, what's what's smaller than a hill? A valley. I guess hill is like no, no. Valley is uh, is in between two uh, high rises. But anyway, uh, <laughs> a hill is an amount of earth that is smaller than a mountain. I think I think that works mm-hmm. as a definition. Yeah. Also, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. You could make a reference to Jonah Hill. Absolutely. Um, you could make a reference to hillbillies, which are huh. uh, so uh, rural people yeah. that are not viewed as very classy, I believe. Or smart, um, yeah. You could make a reference to that movie, The Eyes Have Hills, in which hillbillies Oof. eat people. <laughs> So the uh, hills have eyes. <laughs> have you? Have you? It seems like you have feelings about that movie. Well, yeah, you said the eyes have hills. What? Oh, did I? Oh, uh, whoops. Yes, the yes. <laughs> well, in my head, I, I no. did say it correctly. So, mm-hmm. but um, yes, it is a very good movie franchise. If you like gore, 
The Eyes Have Hills. I am going to make that movie, actually. And so it will be a correct mm-hmm. reference. I was just referencing something I was going to make in the future, actually. So, Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's the um, spoof movie made, made by the same people that made a superhero movie and scary movie. Except it's really good. And it's also a romance where someone says that uh, someone else has hills in their eyes because they're so beautiful or something. Aw, babe, mm-hmm. you have hills in your eyes. <laughs> yep <laughs> experience is uh to live through something um so you can experience a sensation you can have experience in something um you can get experience points mm-hmm. in a video game it makes you level up Ooh, it's XP? delicious xp um and in condition which is hmm what's the definition of condition it's like uh to introduce a trait i guess it's like a state something? of being yeah it, it's. I think mm-hmm. it's to introduce a, a trait. Conditioning. Yes, which is like to okay. introduce a trait of coldness. I think something like that. Uh, oh, you can condition see, a dog. You can condition a person, but that's a bit unethical. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> and you can condition you your can hair. You can have a condition. Yeah, under one condition. Under one condition. Mm. Um, what's the story you're gonna write about these <sighs> these words? Um, a short oh, one. Yeah, so, for the love uh, of God. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my short story is going to be about a nice uh, picnic on a hill, um, uh-huh. and ba- and basically they they're both not too good at dating, so they want to uh, experience dating uh, again mm-hmm. post COVID. Um, Excellent. And they're both trying to condition each each other just to be more open um with okay. uh, with their uh, their selves but it all falls uh it all falls apart when um the uh w- when one of them says something pretty racy and the okay. other one decides to cancel them on twitter <sighs> damn it i thought we were gonna go through the episode without using that that uh meaning of the word cancel god damn it sorry we we're so close it's the Jarvis. most popular meaning of the word <sighs> Can can y'all not write a story about that? You can, but I'm tired of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so my story will be um, how um, I okay. I'm actually going to tell you the story of uh, the Eyes Have Hills. Okay, so it's this movie that got made. It's called The Eyes Have Hills, um, and um, people were making were were producing it right, uh, but it was only under one condition that they have to use that line in it. Right, and they did film that line, uh, and they did put it in, but then an editor cut it out, and they lost the footage, and so they didn't have the line in it. Um, and so the director, uh, experiencing um, great regret over this, uh, canceled the production, which is why, um, actually, I was referencing a real movie. It just never got to theaters. So, yeah, that's what happened. Wow. Okay, that, that's pretty good. And I honestly, uh, I think that even though your film was canceled. Um, and you have it all filmed and, and all that, I think you should still re release it. You know, I think that would be a, um, a um, good idea. <laughs> we should like, uh, we should like edge the audience by never saying do the right thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, this is what we do next time. It'll be a, a 10 hour yeah. stream. Uh, yeah, it, it is a 10 hour stream with, with us saying like stuff like, you know what? That would be the Good. right way to go about that. <laughs> and then we get canceled and Twitter for it. Alright, bye folks. What is that? <laughs> what is what? There was a Nutella ad that just destroyed my ear. <laughs>